decrepit old man. 1907. That was a year... That District Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis sprang to fame and later to fortune as high mogul of professional baseball by imposing the largest fine in the history of the United States, $29,240,000 against the Standard Oil Company of Indiana, which decision was later reversed upon appeal. Upon being informed of the fine, John D. Rockefeller is alleged to have remarked to newspaper reporters, Judge Landis will be dead a long while before this fine is paid. 1907. That was the year that one of the most spectacular trials in the annals of crime came to a startling conclusion. On the evening of December 30, 1905, in an office in the small town of Caldwell, Idaho, Frank Sternenberg, ex-governor of Idaho, talks to his 25-year-old son. Well, son, I guess we'd better get on home. Mother will be waiting with dinner. All right, Dad. Hey, come along. Think it's going to snow, Dad? Uh, yes, looks as though it might before morning. That sky is pretty black. Hello, Mr. Sternenberg. Oh, Jack. hello, Jack. You go along, Dad. I want to talk with Jack a minute. All right. Good night, Jack. Good night. Say, Jack, if it snows, let's get up. Captain Eber Augustine, 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 Augustine. Guess I better oil the hinges on this gate tomorrow. Frank! Frank! Frank, where are you? Oh! Oh, Frank! What's the matter, Mother? What does this mean? Oh, Frank. Oh, I knew it would end like this. In 20 minutes, Frank Sternenberg was dead. The next day, citizens of Caldwell and cattle ranches from the surrounding territory gathered in little excited groups. Got any suspects yet, Sheriff? Nope, not yet. That snowfall last night should have helped us to track down anybody that was trying to get away, too. Pardon me, gentlemen. Eh? My name is Hogan, T.S. Hogan. I'm staying down at the Hotel Saratoga. Eh? What can we do for you? Well, I was just wondering if you knew where I might be able to buy a good flock of sheep. Sheep, huh? Don't reckon you'll find nobody willing to talk sheep selling today, Mr. Hogan. Eh, just a minute. How long you been in town, Mr. Hogan? Oh, about three weeks. Why? Have you heard what happened here last night? Why, well, yes, of course. I, I heard that ex-governor Starnenberg... Yeah. You'll excuse me for saying this, but it appears to me like you're taking this murder mighty cool-like. Cool? Well, after all, I came to Caldwell Suppose to... we take a walk down to the city hall and talk a little more about why you come to Caldwell. Identified as Harry Orchard, former officer in a miners organization, the suspect was charged with first-degree murder. Their flock to Idaho, scores of detectives determined upon solving the crime. One was quiet, intelligent, professorial 67-year-old James McParland, who for more than a week visited Orchard in his cell for hours at a time. One day in the front office of the jail... Well, Mr. McParland, anything new? Yes, Sheriff, I believe there is. Harry Orchard is your man. Well... How'd you find that out? I have just now procured a full confession in detail from Orchard that he not only set the bomb which killed Steunenberg, but that he is the murderer of 18 people in the past 10 years. Well, well, why? What's it all about? Why did he kill Steunenberg? Harry Orchard has just informed me that he is in the pay of three members of a mining association, William D. Haywood, Charles H. Moyer, 
and George A. Pettibone, and it was by their instruction that he killed ex-Governor Stoinenberg. The three new figures in the case were brought to trial. Chief Defense Counsel was Clarence Darrow, while the prosecution was guided by the then little-known U.S. Senator-elect, William E. Vora. Finally, on the morning of July 28, guided by instructions from the presiding judge... Gentlemen of the jury, under the statutes of this state, a person cannot be convicted of a crime upon the testimony of an accomplice, unless such accomplice is corroborated by other evidence. And realizing the only star witness for the state had been Harry Orchard, the jury of 12 men brought in the verdict... Not guilty. And the historic Hayward trial was at an end. Nineteen seven. That was a year.